everyone, and thanks for tuning in to the Path 11 podcast. I am your host, April Hanna, and I am really excited about our show today. Some of you may be wondering, hmm, why is it that you're interviewing a Special Forces Green Beret veteran uh, on the Path 11 podcast? But this person that we're speaking to today, Andrew Marr, has a really interesting story and journey through healing. And not only are we going to kind of hear about his recovery and healing process with traumatic brain injury and post-traumatic stress and the foundation that he has founded and created, but he's also we also share a similar friend, which is Tom Campbell. And we're curious to hear how Andrew's path kind of led him through healing to Tom's work and how he's kind of integrated some of Tom Campbell's uh, theory into his life. So this is going to be a really interesting podcast. We're going to go in a couple of different directions. But um, the other interesting thing, too, with some of you who have been listening to the podcast know that I once back in, I think it was 2007, when Mike and I first started the PATH series, I was working on and started up a nonprofit wellness center for combat vets and treating them with holistic therapies of acupuncture, Reiki, and then also implementing some of the mental health techniques that I've been trained in. So this is kind of a subject that is pretty near and dear to me and the work and the healing that I've seen just with holistic techniques being used with veterans. And it was also around the same time that I came to know Tom Campbell as well. So I'm really excited to get this interview started. So our guest today is Andrew Marr, and he is a husband, father, entrepreneur, former Special Forces Green Beret, founder of Warrior Angels Foundation, and a current patient of Dr. Mark Gordon. Mars' last deployment in 2013 was emotionally and physically taxing. He and his Special Forces team were engaged in constant combat throughout its entirety. Mar suffered numerous traumatic brain injuries from explosions, which resulted in his medical retirement. When Mar returned to the States, he began a six-month spiral downward. Once an elite performer in life-or-death situations in combat, Mar couldn't even remember how to drive home. He was plagued by psychological, physiological, and physical manifestations, including depression, outbursts of anger, anxiety, mood swings, memory loss, inability to concentrate, learning disabilities, sleep deprivation, loss of libido, loss of lean body mass, muscular weakness, the list keeps going on, alcohol, developed a massive deep vein thrombosis, which is a blood clot that broke off into both lungs, a bilateral pulmonary embolism, and a number of other medically documented conditions. So Mar wasn't too impressed with the current state of the veteran's traumatic brain injury and post-traumatic stress patient care. So instead of waiting for somebody else to change it, he decided to act on his own. And it was his mission to really find an alternative way not only to help himself, but to also provide world-class care to veterans affected by traumatic brain injury and post-traumatic stress. And that led him to become the co-founder of the Warrior Angels Foundation. And I just want to let listeners know that you're probably going to hear Andrew and I use the term TBI and PTS or PTSD. And if you're not familiar with those terms and abbreviations, TBI is short for traumatic brain injury. And PTS or PTSD is post-traumatic stress. If you add the D, it's considered to be quote-unquote disorder. So, wow, that was a lot to say, but welcome, Andrew. April, Mike, thank you for having me on. It's an, it's an honor to be here. Huge fans of the PATH documentary series, and I'm even more excited, excited to deliver this important message today uh, on your guys' forum. 
Yes, and we're really excited to have you here. So, um, you know, we were kind of talking offline a little bit, and it was interesting kind of how we came to connect with you through our friends through uh, MBT events said that you might be an interesting person to talk to because you too have followed the work of, of Tom. But it also sounds like that the way you found Tom was through watching our second film, The Path Beyond the Physical. So that that's kind of cool. You know, I just I love how the synchronicity all happens with things sometimes. Oh, it's incredible. And, and that's exactly how it happened. Uh, I, I saw that, that specific, that second film, and I was like, this is incredible, opening me up to a, a new level of information that I wasn't aware that was even in existence and started to dive in and just fascinated by everything that uh, the all the people said on that show and, you know, the, all the things that came afterwards. So, again, could not be a bigger fan of what the, the work you guys have done. Yeah. Well, thank you. Well, I'm a big fan about the work that you're doing in the world. So why don't you kind of walk our listeners through your story and kind of tell people what had happened when you had come back um, from your last deployment and kind of the struggles that you had with traumatic brain injury and the symptoms of post-traumatic stress. Sure. Well, like you said in the bio, I was a special forces Green Beret for better part of a decade. And uh, my specialty or one of my specialties was dealing, uh, I was an expert in dealing with demolitions, it's explosives. And so the life of an operator, uh, is what we call ourselves operators, it has you in and around in close proximity to uh, a number of explosions on a, on a routine basis. And as counterintuitive as it may sound, we just did not make the correlations, um, you know, as far as short ago as 2013, that there can be significant damage from repeated chronic exposure to these blast waves. And so what happens when you're in close proximity to an explosion um, is that there is a uh, that there is a, a propagation of energy from that explosion that moves out in a 360 degree radius. And that's energy. And it's going to then transfer that energy through you. So every air-filled organ in your body is essentially going to get filled with that energy. And it's going to uh, violently move it back and forth. So the brain being cased in cerebral, cerebral spinal fluid uh, then is hit back and forth against the skull multiple times uh, within a fraction of a second. So in and of itself, if that happens you know, once or twice, probably not that big of a deal. But over and over and over again without the brain being able to heal itself properly um, with the frequency of that it's, that's occurring, uh, you start to have a degradation, uh, decline in quality of life. And sometimes it's difficult to kind of trace back what's the root cause because these symptoms might not manifest until months or even years later. And uh, that was the case with me. So I was on my last appointment uh, in, in 2013 and I was only ever knocked unconscious once in my entire career in combat and it was brief. And uh, I got, I came to and got back up and realized we were still, uh, we were still engaged in a fight. So there wasn't really, you know, much to, time to think about it. It was kind of that was a pure fight or flight moment. So it was get back uh, in the action and help my guys get out of there. Um, and so, you know, that was kind of the regular occurrence, day in and day out. Six months later, after that last deployment, you know, I went from being a a high-performing individual in situations of, of life and death to 
finding myself on 13 medications. Uh, I was alcoholic. My wife was pregnant with our fifth child and uh, nine months pregnant. And her request of me, you know, was, baby, can you keep your drinking down for the day in case I go into labor so I don't have to drive myself to the hospital? Hospital, And things just got worse from there, you know, and, and some of the problems that we were having that, that you spoke of earlier was, uh, you know, all kinds of, uh, I had vision problems that went from blurry vision into double vision from migraine headaches, uh, all kinds of balance and, and vertigo issues. And then it led into cognitive decline, uh, short-term and long-term memory decline, um, speech impediments, uh, behavior problems, not being able to make socially correct decisions, problems with anger and rage. And again, these things, none of these things were ever present in my life before. And it was kind of, it was difficult to understand what was going on at the time because I couldn't, you know, I wasn't missing any, any limbs. You know, I didn't have any open, you know, skull fractures. And, uh, I just thought I was short circuiting and I couldn't really figure out what was going on, you know, April and Mike. And so that's kind of, uh, the, the decline there and of how it started, you know, my life slowly started to spiral out of control. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I think some, it was very important with traumatic brain, traumatic brain injury, which I think was missed probably early on when some of the soldiers were coming back from this war is that you didn't necessarily have to lose consciousness or be in a rollover or, you know, actually be a part of an explosion, but having the exposure and the distance and the proximity to that and kind of like how you explained how that, you know, literally can shake the brain and the organs in the body. And, and I, I was seeing it being really misdiagnosed because some of the symptoms of post-traumatic stress and traumatic brain injury also overlap. So if you have a soldier that's saying, no, I was never in a rollover and never lost consciousness. No, I don't remember hitting my head. You know, I saw a lot of uh, TBIs kind of being misdiagnosed and then they were being given more of the um, diagnosis of post-traumatic stress disorder because some of those symptoms are very similar and you can have some of the same symptoms with TBI and PTSD. Yeah, you're 100% accurate on that. So if you look at, uh, like you said, TBI and PTS, there's overarching spheres of influence there. Um, so you're going to have symptoms out, out of both. And uh, that's what we've seen uh so many times through our, our work now is often the, the misdiagnosis of post-traumatic stress when it really is a, a TBI. And it you can break it down like this. Post-traumatic stress, by definition, is purely psychological. So if there is a physical trauma somewhere on that person's timeline, we have to we have to take account of that and say, okay, well, could there be any negative outcomes from that trauma that we're not looking at from that physical trauma that could be, you know, a direct correlation to these psychological manifestations, these behavioral manifestations. And now we have actually some research coming out to support that. Uh, a Dr. Pearl, which is a neuropathologist out of Walter Reed, a prestigious, uh, more, the military's prestigious medical center out on the East Coast. And he looked at over, he's looked at over 40,000 postmortem brains in his life. And uh, this article I'm going to refer to was came out in the Lancet last year, so pre prestigious uh, British medical journal. And in the, that article, he talked about how he had looked at, I think, eight post-mortem brains of soldiers that succumbed to uh, blast injury wounds. And he had found what he said was 
uh, evidence of micro tearing. And I believe it, and this is the essence of the of the article in both the white and gray matter white. Um, so micro tearing that he had never before witnessed or observed in the forty thousand plus other postmortem brains he analyzed. And so then he uh, basically went on to say that he thinks that that is a direct cause of the psychological symptoms known as post-traumatic stress, and it wasn't being uh, readily understood or found out before that time that it is actually a physical injury. Mm. Yes. And so tell me, how did you come to meet Dr. Gordon? Um, I'd like to hear that story because some of some of the things that I have just been, you know, researching with your story and the findings, you know, with Dr. Gordon is that there is a blood test that can be taken that is also able to show what's kind of happening in the brain with the inflammation and the hormones. And I've kind of I would kind of like you to go into that um, to talk about the treatment of how this has been helping people. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I, I got to a point where um, I was told that I couldn't take the risk of another blow to the head and that uh, I could no longer, you know, operate as a special forces Green Beret. And at the time, that was an absolute death blow to me because that was complete, I was completely tied up with that, you know, being encompassing my entire identity. And, you know, I thought that was the mission of my life. So then tell me all of a sudden you can no longer do that. Uh, it really rocked me. And then to have all of the psychological and physical, uh, problems, cognitive problems I was having, it just, it put me in a bad place. So for the first time in my life, I was really, um, just struggling. And then on all the medications, uh, drinking heavily, not sleeping, not eating correctly. Um, and so, you know, just what we call a non neuro permissive environment. And I got to a place, um, both of my young sons became ill, uh, deathly ill. And, uh, I remember being at the hospital of my, uh, 13 month uh, year old at the time, 13 month old son at the time. And I was popping a pain pill and drinking airplane whiskey by his bedside. And I, I came to a decision point and it's like, this is going to go one of two ways. I can keep on this same path that I'm going on, continue to just blindly accept everything that Western medicine is, you know, selling me, uh, and it's going to kill me. And it's going to ruin everything that I love. Or I can make a decision. I can decide to act, to quit playing a victim, and to go out and look for new information, go out and look for a way to heal myself. And, you know, at that time I knew I could no longer be a Green Beret, which I thought was my life's purpose. But I was like, I'm still a husband. I'm still a father to five. And my new, my new reason, I decided at that moment was to get off those 13 meds, to quit drinking, and to be the husband and the father that my family needed me to be. And so right then and there, I, I made that decision. And I started to go on a path looking for alternative means to heal myself. And I, I looked at a, just a, absolutely everything that you can think of that's out there. And eventually that did lead 
the, uh, to a doctor, Mark Gordon, who's a neuroendocrinologist, and uh, he had actually gotten a hold of me. We had an article come out. I forget if it was Fox uh, or Forbes dot uh, com, but uh, I was at a functional uh, brain center down in Texas, and then I uh, started to ha have some some decent results there, and it caught some media attention. So uh, Dr. Gordon saw that, got in touch with me, and he said, hey, uh, you know, here's my credentials. I've been working with TBI patients for a number of years now, uh, even veterans. Here's a podcast uh, that I think might be a benefit to you. Take a listen, and if uh, this is something you think you want to give a try, get into contact with me. So I listened to that podcast, and Dr. Gordon had one of his uh, patients on there who was a, a Navy guy who had uh, some, some rough injuries. He was shot and blown up. Um, you know, he had uh, some plates and screws in his jaw. Well, the, the gentleman's name was Matt Gosney, and he was uh, on, before he started Dr. Gordon's protocol, 17-plus medications and had uh, attempted suicide. Yeah. Heard of Dr. Gordon uh, in the hospital and then I was able to get involved in his program. And at that time, it was like three months since he had started, and he was off of like 14 out of 17 meds. Since that time, uh, the Warrior Angels Foundation has been able to uh, cover um, Matthew Gosney's continued support. And now he's off of all medications. He's uh, screenwriting out in Los Angeles, uh, performing at a high level again, you know, with without symptoms. But I heard that, and... Everything that Matt was saying about the problems he was having, the, the difficulties in his quality of life, was everything that was going on in my life. So that was really the first time that I had heard somebody else articulate everything that was going on as far as a problem-wise. And then I heard Dr. Gordon on the other end tell, uh, explain why this was all directly related to the two-phase injury of a traumatic brain injury, and the first phase being the uh, the primary uh, phase being the initial blunt force trauma, explosive blast wave, acceleration, deacceleration, you know, falling down, something of that nature. But the part two of the injury, phase two, the secondary injury, is post-traumatic neuroinflammation, big fancy word that means swelling of the brain. And that can happen slowly over time to where it's not, uh, it's not manifesting as any of the symptoms that, that we hear about. But it, uh, that inflammation continues to spread unchecked and goes from being something that's needed in the acute term to a chronic problem. And as it continues to spread, it's literally killing brain cell by brain cell one at a time and expanding. And that's why all of a sudden somebody goes from you know, functioning at a certain level to out of the blue, they start having all the problems that we were talking about. And then furthermore, we've, we've now been able to show through uh, not only the research but the clinical application of what we're doing that that inflammation causes a dysregulation of hormones uh, produced in the brain and in the body uh, called neurosteroid, neurosteroids in the brain. Neuroactive steroids are produced by the peripheral glands. And so that combination of inflammation and the dysregulation of hormones leads to all of that neuropsychological behavior issues, cognitive issues, physical issues. And um, so that's how I first got in touch with Dr. Gordon. So once I heard all of that, I was like, yes, I would, uh, yes, I want to do this. And so uh, he's out in Encino, California, his office. 
So I was out there uh, getting some other, trying some other treatment out at the time and was able to um, get linked up with him. And uh, we ran the test. I was, you know, massively deficient in every hormone produced in the body, um, as well as, you know, all the markers for inflammation. So the protocol is pretty simple. Uh, it's one, uh, after we identify the underlying condition to the injury, we, through natural supplementation, um, get rid of inflammation, lower inflammation, and then through bioidentical hormones, if needed, or other supplement, natural supplements, replace or replenish uh, the hormones that the individual is no longer you know, able to make on their own back to physiological levels. And when you do that, quality of life improves. The scientific literature supports it. Uh, Dr. Gordon's clinical application supports it with over 1,300 documented cases. And now we have over 160 cases uh, in the two years we've been in existence where Angel's Foundation of just that, identifying and treating the underlying condition and quality of life improves. So today, since I've been on the protocol, which will be two years next month, um, I'm off all medications, sober, performing as good, I, I probably better than my pre-injury status. And, you know, that's the, the genesis of how Dr. Gordon and I met. And then uh, also the genesis of, of kind of the Warrior Angels Foundation, because, you know, I, uh, like I said, I, I lost that purpose, but then, I, you know, I regained it to want to get better for my family and to heal myself. And then I, when I figured out, you know, the, the root cause of that injury and how to treat it. I said, my God, how many other people out there are in the same predicament and they'd have no idea what to do and no idea where to go. And they're essentially told like I was, this is your new life sentence. Take these meds, take a pen and a paper everywhere you go because you're not going to be able to remember anything and uh, stay away from crowded situations, you know, all these other things, because this is the new you. And I just refuse to accept it. And so the new purpose at that point was bring this healing to others who were suffering the same way that I was in hopes that we could improve their quality of life, their family's quality of life, the quality of life of, you know, everybody involved, that individual, which is, you know, how we make step by step, make it make this a better you know, place the world to live in. Right. Wow. And the natural supplements that you're on or, you know, the findings that Dr. Gordon had figured out to kind of, you know, use this in treatment, are, are these something that people specifically would have to get from Dr. Gordon or go to his office? Or is some of it having to do with, um, you know, natural stuff in food, you know, different types of diet of things that decrease yeah. Um, inflammation within the body. Can you talk a little bit about what yeah. some of the supplements are? Absolutely. Uh, so our uh, anti-inflammatory protocols that have been very popular amongst our population is something called N-acetylcysteine. That's NAC, and that's a precursor to glutathione that's uh, produced in the liver. What that uh, what that produces is a anti-inflammatory response that's very effective. Uh, in the body. The Army even uh, published uh, a study on the incredible anti-inflammatory effects of N-acetylcysteine 
uh, even though they're not implementing uh, that anti-inflammatory protocol, you know, the scientific literature definitely supports that. So that's a big one. Uh, usually it's a uh, we, we, uh, 900 milligram uh, pill in the morning and a 900 milligram pill in the evening. And, uh, and that's one route. Another one is uh, tocopherols, so a mixture of vitamin E's. Um, and, you know, there's a number of things that you can do with, within your diet. Uh, we experimented with a product called uh, Purative Active H2. It's molecular hydrogen. You add that to water, and that basically is going to uh, add a, an extra electron um, to your body and, and even out. Uh, the, it's a free radical scavenger. So that's another anti-inflammatory mechanism. So those are three things right there that are uh, incredibly backed uh, by the scientific literature and the clinical application to uh, help big time in anti-inflammatory uh, means, as well as uh, omega-3s, uh, DHA, um, uh, fish oils. And uh, we had a doctor, Dr. Michael Lewis, who wrote a book called When Brains Collide uh, recently on, on our podcast. And that whole book was about the benefits of using high-dose omega-3 uh, specifically in brain injuries. And uh, I, I don't remember exactly what the... Uh, what they call the omega protocol, what it was for a maintenance dose and a preventative dose. But When Brains Collide is an excellent book that talks about those things. So those are four items right there that are phenomenal means to use for anti-inflammatory. You know, and from there, it's just, uh, again, the lab analysis is, is crucial to what we do. So it's going to identify, you know, uh, is there any nutritional uh, def deficits, uh, things of that nature, in addition to the hormones? Another big one we look at is heavy metal toxicities because oftentimes mm -hmm. um, soldiers are around uh, toxic. They're in toxic. They have toxic toxic exposures to you know these these heavy metals that are uh, very detrimental to the body. And so again, we have ways to identify that and then be able to also treat that. Um, if you need a, uh, a specific hormone, there's very few items that we uh, have to write a prescription for, uh, two that I'm aware of. And again, they're bioidentical hormones uh, that if that person is shown to be deficient in that or insufficient, meaning they can, they're no longer can produce that. So if there's damage to the hypothalamus or there's damage to the pituitary gland and therefore testosterone is not being produced accurately, or at the right levels, then we can uh, put that back in the body through an ex external means and replenish or re uh, replace uh, back up to a physiological level. Wow. Awesome. Fascinating. This is new news for me too. So <laughs> I'm learning a lot through this. Um, now, now you, you've been on this protocol for two years. So I'm curious to know, like, do you actually have any MRIs or does Dr. Gordon do any scans of the brain to see if there's improvement in the tissue or in the brain matter? And the, the follow-up question to that is, are are these supplements something that is important for you to take throughout the rest of your life? Or are they finding that eventually you can get to a point where the brain will kind of be back in its natural healed state and you may not need to continue with this protocol? 
Those are those are great questions. Uh, I'll start with by saying Dr. Gordon calls it the neuropermissive environment. Uh, we need the brain and the body to be in a neuropermissive environment. Well, great. What's that mean? Well, it means that it's a state. It's an, an enriched environment, one in which um, you know neuroplasticity can happen, neurogenesis can can happen, synaptogenesis. So the brain is can function properly. It can heal itself. The same thing with the body, you know, and so that means uh, the right emotional environment, the right um, everything else you can think of, air, water, nutrition, all these things play a vital role in our day-to-day uh, health and, and wellness. So those are very important aspects. Uh, as in response to the imaging, the, Im- the imaging today is absolutely phenomenal. MRI, fMRI spec scan, PET scan, on and on and on, which they're able to do some really fascinating things. And if there is structural damage to the brain, it is absolutely crucial uh, to take a look at that imaging. What Dr. Gordon's protocols, his clinical application has shown is that um, they, they can miss oftentimes if there is inflammation and if the neurochemistry is affected, uh, why and how is that done? Well, uh, a lot of those things are just still pictures, all right? So, but then when you get to fMRI, uh, uh, spec, uh, PET scans, spec scans, um, those are you know looking for blood flow and things like that. Again, crucial, but it's not actually showing if there is a deficiency or insuff- insufficiency in the neurochemistry. And here's why it's important to identify that, because you have to understand the mechanism of the body. The neurochemistry is going to send a message to the rest of the body to to do everything. So it is the messenger. And if that's not functioning correctly, the body itself, the mind itself, is not going to be able to function correctly. So through this lab analysis, oftentimes we don't need to do the extra imaging because that's going to tell us the story that we need to know exactly. And Dr. Gordon uh, is absolute, the absolute expert on that, you know, and it's looking at things like this. If we can tell somebody has low testosterone and then low luteinizing hormones, well, they shouldn't both be low. If the testosterone both free and total were low, then the luteinizing hormone should be sky high. But that's telling us specifically that in that combination that there is damage to the hypothalamus and the pituitary gland um, because it should be working properly uh, otherwise. And so there's all kinds of scenarios like that that you can tell through a lab analysis where exactly is the problem originating without having to do a, uh, uh, some of these imaging. And again, the imaging, it's not, it's not conclusive that it can uh, find those markers just by observing the blood flow. Okay. Wow. Great. Thank you. And um, <clears throat> my other follow-up question to this is, so it sounds like Dr. Gordon, I think you said something had somewhere 1,300 cases documented mm-hmm. in, yep. in the work. You guys have 160. Is this being implemented through VAs, through doctors? I mean, if, if there's some proven great stuff out here and we can get people off of meds, why isn't this more widely known? Well, I think this is something that probably the audience can uh, can understand. You guys' audience is that 
anything that is not with the status quo is met by ultra resistance, you know, and um, this is outside of the conventional means of medicine, but very much within the confines of science. But for whatever reason, even though it's backed by the scientific literature now, clinical application, it's just a slow moving process. And, and you know, I think what Max Planck said, science moves one uh, headstone, one gravestone at, at a time. You know, it means it just, it, it take, it's slow, it's slow. But that's one of the things that we're working hard to in, improve on. And, you know, the government's always one of the last things to implement something because it's a big, big uh, mechanism that's not really, you know, it can't move at the, at the, the need and the pace of innovation and change. So they're usually the last ones to, to buy into something. So that's why we've kind of taken the grassroots campaign to spread the information out and try to go from not only bottom to top, but top to bottom. And so we're talking, uh, we've talked to the, the, the Trump administration. They, they've, uh, they've gotten in touch with us. They're interested in what we're doing, as well as the, um, you know, they haven't set up the new VA secretary. Um, but uh, the, the people that are uh, in the cabinet are interested to uh, see if we can get a pilot program in there. Uh, we've talked with uh, former President George W. Bush and uh, his, his foundation, his military support initiative, uh, Dr. Gordon and I have done some work with them in the last year. So, you know, we're reaching high level individuals uh, of influence. And so it's just, it's just a matter of time, you know, and because of its cost, it's a cost effective means, um, which is to budget makers and policy makers is probably the most important aspect. When if you can show that this can cost uh, the budget maker a dramatically less amount than they're now using, then that'll probably be the reason why it gets implemented, not because it's something that improves the quality of life of others across the board. Right. And with your Warriors Angels Foundation, I also saw that it cost about $5,000 to treat one veteran. Yeah. So, you know, that's broken down for the first year and we're working hard to bring those costs down even more. But what that is inclusive of is uh, three lab analysis in that first year initial. And we run, we run uh, a lab analysis every quarter when you're on the protocol. And so that allows us to see how the individual is doing and, and fine tune to make adjustments. And then the, uh, the rest of, uh, of that cost is going to go directly to their supplementation needs as well as the uh, uh, price for the physician consultation. Um, but we're, uh, as, you know, technology improves, that price will continue to go down. And then, you know, as time goes on, you get to a maintenance phase, those prices are cut in half, if not more. So it's very affordable uh, when you think of it like that, especially when you compare it to the current me uh, military medical model, the Veterans Administration uh, spends about somewhere between fourteen to $16,000 a year, uh, according to the Congressional Budget Office, uh, with a uh, veteran who has traumatic brain injury and post-traumatic stress. And again, that's for psychotherapy and medication. So not only is it trying to identify the underlying you know, condition, it's, it's just masking and treating symptoms, which is just gonna further exacerbate the problem and make new problems and then end up in the long run costing more money, not to mention be absolutely detrimental to that uh, veteran's life. Right. And you do have a section on your website where people can go ahead and make a donation um, to help fund that, to help fund the help yeah. and treatment. Yeah. 
We're a 501c3 uh, nonprofit, accredited nonprofit. So if anybody out there uh, would like any more information, please do your due diligence. And if it's something that you think you'd like to support, um, we would absolutely be honored uh, and, and humbled with your support. Yeah, and we, we'll have the website up in the show notes as well. But maybe this might be where we take a little bit of a turn and back up a little bit as you were going through your own spiritual path and trying to find other means of healing. You came across our documentary, which then led you to the work of Tom Campbell. And I'd like to hear a little bit more about your interaction with Tom and how he was influential and his work was influential also in your understanding of consciousness and healing and how it touched your life personally. Well, uh, fascinating story, and, and again, it, it was on that path to look for new information. Um, you know, it led me to different areas, and, and so you know, neuroscience, um, psycho neuroimmunology, fancy word for mind body connection, um, quantum physics which I just completely had a hard time grasping at first. Um, and, uh, but I, it was so fascinating that I continued to delve in and, uh, I, I came across the path, saw Tom, uh, talk on there, was impressed with what he was saying, uh, jumped into the my big toe, um, trilogy series and, and read, read, read his books, uh, came out to, uh, to see one of his lecture series out in Los Angeles. But basically, you know, what I came to understand uh, which I already and we all already inherently know, but the power that we have inside and the power of intent and and what that in intent can do. And so through understanding, you know, Tom's work, getting a better grasp on quantum physics really helped to open my eyes on what your intent can really cause to happen purely through, you know, the, the thought process and how that sends an electric electromagnetic signal out into the field. And then you can actually attract that back with what you're feeling. And, you know, so I came to understand that, um, you know, I was a high performer, like I said before. And then when, uh, Another, I'm another big fan of, of Bruce Lipton's work, cell, cellular biologist, and uh, pioneering in, in epigenetics. And what I found out was like, hey, if your thoughts, they can actually make you sick. And uh, Dr. Lipton says that you know all disease is a result of trauma, toxins, or thought. You can really narrow it down to those three things: trauma, toxins, thought. And so I had the trauma to the actual brain. And, you know, because that short circuiting there started to have and behave in ways that I never had before. So, you know, that led me to start thinking in a way that I had never thought before in my life. And I got in this pattern of thinking about the worst case scenario at all times and what I didn't want in my life. And not only did that continue the degradation of myself and it was a self-fulfilling prophecy, I also came to understand that that negative thinking, really that negative intent, went on to affect everyone around me, so much so that it even caused my children to become sick. 
And I think what Tom's work really helped me to understand was not only could the thoughts, you know, work to make you sick, but you could also use your consciousness, your intent to heal yourself. And without even knowing this uh, at the time, you know, it just I was connecting the dots later through Tom's work and the work of others that, you know, it was that decision I made in the hospital at my son's bedside. Basically, you know, my in conscious intent was I am going to heal myself and I don't care what any doctor says. I don't care how much money it costs. I don't care how long it takes, but I knew that I was going to be healed. And making that strong intention wrapped up in an elevated emotion literally sent the signal out that it had already happened because I was feeling it as if it was happening. And that continued to manifest in my life because I made my mind up that I wasn't going to think any other way. And so once I started to get better, I started having more and more clarity of thought, you know, was able to dive into work like Tom's work and realize that how we have the power if we can essentially turn down the noise and the distractions to go inside, really understand who we are and magnify our intention to go away from fear and to love. You know, I think that's all what it comes down to. It's either to fear or to love. And I decided to go towards love and was able to heal myself. And you asked the question earlier, I didn't get to it, April, and I apologize, but you said, does somebody need to stay on all these medications that they're on? Well, um, it's, it's all situational dependent on the individual. But according to the literature, there is a very low chance that somebody's uh, hypothalamus and pituitary has been damaged, that they're going to be able, uh, some of these hormones are going to be able to come back online. Well, I'm proud to say I'm off all uh, hormones, and my body is now making them on their own, which mm -hmm. before was thought to be something that didn't or couldn't happen. Right. And it's through that power of intent, that clearly defined intent, that things like that are able to happen. I was able to make a decision to stop drinking, and I implemented it as soon as I made the decision. And again, it wasn't, none of this is special to me. This is power that we all have, but you have, you have to you know, put a price tag on it. And uh, so when I, when I was drinking heavily, I was uh, seeing a functional neurologist at the time, and he said, Andrew, there's no doubt that you've had a lot of uh, damage to your brain through, you know, through, through the lifestyle, but that the rate at which you're drinking is going to kill you quicker than anything else. So what's more important to you, having another drink or your wife and five children? And you know, well, I was like, well, it's my wife and five children. She's like, well, if it is your wife and your five children, you're not going to have to make a decision every time that you want another drink. What's more important? Is it, is it your wife and children or is it that drink? And you're going to have to decide now what it is. And at that point, I was like, you know what, man, that's, it's either time to put up or shut up. And I'm done. I'm done with that. Didn't have any withdrawals, any anything because it became that important to me and was able to stop 
just like that. Did the same thing with tobacco, same thing with all the medications. And, you know, now again, performing at a high level. And that's not exclusive or special to me, but I'm happy to highlight, you know, the story because it's something that anybody else can do in their lives. Yeah, great. Thank you for sharing that. I'm also curious to know, um, just in my personal experience too, you know, I've been to some of Tom's lectures and of course, We've interviewed him for countless hours just in the filmmaking process. But I've also noticed sometimes when I sit down with him one-to-one, he kind of will always find a way to say something that just kind of clicks with me on such a deep personal level. That's like an aha moment. (laughs) Um, I don't know when you had the chance to kind of sit down with him and Pamela, or maybe even just sitting in front of him during one of his lectures, aside from you know, what he talks so strongly about with how intent moves consciousness. Was there anything in particular that really stuck with you that he had said to you that just kind of solidified what you were thinking and feeling even more? Well, it's, it's that the, the larger consciousness system essentially wants to work for you um, because, you know, it wants to move towards lower forms of entropy, centropy. And, uh, you know, knowing that if you can align yourself and treat every choice, treat every decision and, and realize that that choice or that decision is an opportunity to go towards love or towards fear. And if you can continue to make better decisions, that's going to continue to open you up to a new, a new decision set, a new set of experiences and that is going to continue to evolve your consciousness, you know, and grow yourself. And when you wrap that up in trying to make your life about helping somebody else, about trying to provide value to somebody else, when your intents are pure like that, things just start lining up effortlessly uh, to make those things happen. And, and those are some things that Tom is definitely helped me uh, to, to realize uh, with greater clarity. Yeah. Great. So what's, what's up next for you guys? Like what, what else is going on with the Warrior Angels Foundation? Is there anything coming up that you'd like the listeners to know about or anything in particular of the a work or a special project that you're doing that maybe other people can spread the word about your foundation? Yeah, well, uh, I have a book coming out. It'll be either the uh, end of, of March or the first of April, April, and it's called "Elevate: The Way of the Warrior Angel." And it's essentially, in more detail, uh, my my personal story through traumatic brain injury and the healing process, and then the uh, the start of the Warrior Angels Foundation, and then where we're at now. And what we're working so hard to do now is to scale the system that we've in- implemented to reach more people uh, and help more people. So that's what we're all about, just helping those who need help. Uh, uh, If there is an end state uh, as far as what we're doing in the veteran community, we are working to get these protocols implemented by the Department of Defense and the Veterans Administration. Uh, We think that'll be a huge win. Uh, Dr. Gordon and I are are briefing some high-level brass in March uh, on the East Coast. And so uh, we're... um, we're hopeful that that will be a good and productive meeting. But again, they've reached out to us. And so, you know, we're starting to bridge these uh, gaps right now to help others. So uh, from there, we've been contacted by some different homeless organizations that um, 
have found that they have a large, uh, the homeless population, uh, by and large, uh, has a lot of TBI uh, suff people suffering from a traumatic brain injury that are homeless. Now, whether they're homeless because they had a TBI or they got a TBI after they're homeless remains to be seen. But the fact is, uh, for instance, in Austin, Texas, 50% of the homeless population has a TBI. So we hypothesize that the same effect that we're producing in the veteran community, we can also affect in the homeless population and as well as the, uh, you know, the uh, prison system, those that are incarcerated, you know, who may have made a, uh, you know, a, a, a decision or an action based, you know, on something that they didn't want to do. And might be that, you know, neurochemically, they couldn't have uh, acted in a way that they needed to. Um, and so, you know, I think these are things that we can rectify to improve our system, our world overall. And that's very much what we're focused on doing. Excellent. Great. Well, I think the work that you're doing is awesome. Um, and you guys are located in Texas, right? Yeah, we're located in Texas, but we're, we're very much a, a national program and um, we're decentralized. So, um, you know, we can reach anybody wherever they're at. Um, and, and so that's not an issue. Yeah. And I know just from my own personal work with, um, you know, the, the Wellness Center for the Combat, that's being a nonprofit. It's one of the biggest struggles is just trying to get the word out, trying to get the funding, trying to get the grant money, um, trying to get people to kind of buy into, you know, what your own protocol is and, and how you're trying to help. So, you know, our listeners, if you guys can just share their page, like them on Facebook, um, you know, share this podcast with anyone that you might know that is struggling with a traumatic brain injury, doesn't necessarily have to be a veteran, but there's just great information here that Andrew provided for all of us today. So thank you so much for being on our podcast. And um, we're looking forward to meeting you in April. I think we're all going to be in New York City hanging out with Tom at his lecture there. So that's going to be a nice treat, too, to meet you in person. Oh, I'm just looking forward to it, April and, and Mike, to meet you guys. And thank you for having me on. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I've been enjoying the podcast as well. Just jumped into that recently. So thank you for all the good work and, and content you're continuing to put out uh, on a regular basis. Yes. Thanks, Andrew. And if you guys are interested, we will put um, all of the links in the show notes, but their Warriors Angel Foundation website is waftbi.org. All right, everyone. Well, thanks for listening, and we hope to bring you some more great shows in the future. Take care, everyone. If you'd like more information about our films or to purchase our DVDs, you can head on over to our website at thepastseries.com. They're also available to purchase on amazon.com. Our films are also streaming online at Vimeo.com, GuyMTV.com, and iTunes. If you have a show suggestion or would like us to interview someone specifically, please feel free to shoot us an email at info at thepastseries.com or send us a tweet at the past series. Please rate and review us in iTunes and subscribe. We hope you enjoyed the show.